0: This is the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Well, hello, everyone. I'm excited to be back with you. This is episode two of Leadership Lessons, season one. I'm your host daniel williams and today i want to discuss with you about knowing your calling Uh, knowing your calling in this episode i want to consider one main question with you am i doing the things god has called me to do are we doing the things god has called us to do and i want to give us some practical counsel on how we can discern hearing god's voice and our calling for our lives Because I believe there's nothing greater than doing the things God's called us to do. And so we have to listen. We have to understand that He has a plan and a purpose for our life. And how do we discern this stuff? Am I doing the things God has called me to do? Now, when we talk about calling, uh, we first should define it. Because it's sort of a churchy word. And what what do you mean by that, Daniel? Well, uh, in his book, Leaders Who Last. By David Kraft, he says calling has to do with God of the universe speaking into your life and circumstances, expressing His will. All Christians are enjoined to serve God by functioning in the body of Christ. At the same time, however, those who are serving in full-time positions of leadership in the church should experience the clear call on their life. There is too much at stake to simply fill a slot or assume a responsibility based solely on feeling, desire, or ambition what he means is you have to clearly hear from God direction and obey out of loving obedience calling has to do with the idea that God has called you to do something specific that we understand that God has prepared us to do good works before the foundations of this earth like Ephesians 2:10 tells us that we're to walk in these good works and so we're listening and we're hearing from God to give us a call of what to do and how to do it because i think we all as leaders want to hear jesus say well done good and faithful servant and we only need to be faithful to the things that god has called us to do and so i tell my team all the time we have to say no to what is good so we can say yes to what is great and those great things are the things that we hear from god and that we just obey And this is why calling is so important, because it guides our life. It gives us direction, and it helps us to endure when we are having a hard time in obeying God, or doing the things for God. Uh, It it actually helps us to stay focused, to know, no, there's nothing better than doing what God has told me to do. Um, Because I don't know if you know this yet, uh, but ministry could be tough, and it could be discouraging. See, you wouldn't get that picture from Instagram where you see baptisms and you see people worshiping and pastors preaching in front of crowds and you think it's just so great and amazing. And let me just tell you, ministry is great and amazing. There there are miracles. It is a joy to see salvations and to make disciples and to preach God's word. But you also have to have the other side of the coin. It is a joy, but there is Hardship. There is pain. There are things that uh, people don't necessarily sometimes talk about. And and Jesus told us in Luke 14 that we're to count the cost. He even told the Apostle Paul that he would suffer. And that's a part of leadership. Hardship. Being discouraged. Going through tough experiences. Um, There are great times, but there are also bad times. And there are just simply ugly times, right? You have the good, the bad, and the ugly in church leadership because we're imperfect people dealing with other imperfect people. And so there's just a lot of stuff that goes on. And at times ministry can be tough. I don't know if these statistics are true, but I came across this picture on Facebook and it talks about the importance for you and I to just pray for our pastors, pray for those that are under leadership, that have our heads of ministry. And it specifically talked about pastors and I, you know, 37% of all statistics are made up anyway, but Um, these statistics, I think, are really spot on as far as emotion and feeling of what life as a a church leader is like and what a pastor is like. It says 97% of pastors have been betrayed, falsely accused, or hurt by their trusted friends. 70% of pastors battle depression. 7,000 churches close each year. 1,500 pastors quit each month. 10% will retire as a pastor. Only 10%. 80% 80% will feel discouraged. 94% of our families will feel the pressure of ministry. 78% of pastors feel like they have no close friends. And 90% of pastors report working 55 to 75 hours per week. I don't know about you, but some of those statistics I've experienced firsthand the hardship of serving the Lord. Even thinking about church planning, man, moving to a place where we didn't know. A soul. Getting a full-time job and pastoring a church and building relationships and doing evangelism. And it just seemed like there was a lack of sleep. There was a lack of funds. There was a lack of energy. There was a lack of time. There was a lack of skill on my part. There was just simply lack in ministry. In ministry, you come to personal rejections. You deal with things where no one shows up to your events. You have your heart broken when people are just devastated by sin and walking in sin and the mistakes they make uh, you get spiritually attacked sometimes finances can be incredibly low and ministry is no joke it's an important thing that we should know that god has told us to do my version is if you could do anything else besides being a pastor do it i know that sounds a little harsh and rough but Listen, some people seek a position because of the honor, the fame, and the status to be a church leader. And that is not why we serve people in the church. Christ's bride. We do it because God has called us to it. Being a church leader is dying to self. And this takes sacrifice. We are to be the lead servants of God's church. To give by example, following Jesus, what it means. So we can humbly look at people and say, follow me as I follow Christ. Like Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon said, a true pastor's work is full of self-denials. See, it's a great responsibility to lead other people, especially to lead people in the church with spiritual matters and how to follow after Jesus. And the Bible tells us that we're to take this responsibility very seriously. Peter in 1 Peter 5, 2 and 3 says, shepherd the flock of God, That is among you exercising oversight not under compulsion but willingly as God would have you not for shameful gain but eagerly not domineering over those in charge you're in charge of but being examples to the flock and this is why Oswald Chambers said about calling need is not enough see the need is is great and it will always be great but you have to say no to those good things the need, so you can say yes to the great things, the things God's called you to do. And listen, not everyone is called to church leadership. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you have an amazing ministry and calling on your life to be a helpmate, to love your uh, husband, to submit and to enjoy a relationship and a support system that God has given both of you, to raise your children in God's ways. Uh, there are many things that you can do besides being a church leader to do the things God's called you to do. And so we need to discern, what, what is my calling? Has he called me to lead in a church, to lead in my family, to lead uh, at my job, uh, to be a plumber, to be uh, a lawnsman, to be uh, a white collared worker, whatever it may be, we want to just say simply, Jesus, what are you saying to us? And how can we obey that? We want to be people that obey God's calling in our life. And so the question is, how do we know this calling? How do we know what things God has called us to do? And this implies that we, as God's people, have to listen to God. You know, John chapter 10, Jesus said that he was the good shepherd. And that we, his sheep, would know his voice. That we could listen to him. And see, I believe God can and does speak to his sheep. Speak to us. But the question is, are we listening? Because we could know God's voice. And knowing your call implies something. That God speaks to you. That you are listening to him. It must be said, and it's so important to say it, That if you want to be a leader in God's church, you have to be born again. You have to be a child of God and to know His voice. He has to be your good shepherd. You have to abide in Christ. See, because the work is too hard to do in the flesh. You won't be fruitful if you're just doing on your own strength or a system or leadership principles. You need to abide in Jesus to bear fruit. Like Galatians 6:9 says, if you sow things of the flesh, you will reap corruption. But if you sow things of the Spirit, you will produce life. And man, our leadership should produce life in us and in God's people. You should know God before you're even concerned about what to do for God. Because God loves us. He knows us personally and He's planned for us to do great things. But we don't earn that calling. We're saved by grace through faith. And so we get to know Him in this whole process of hearing His voice through His Word and through prayer, through seeking Him. These are two fundamental disciplines that I think, again, we can't just blow by and say, oh, well, you should know this. No, we should be going as leaders to God's Word, to hearing Him for vision, for insight, for direction. Psalm 119.105 says, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 2 Timothy 3.16-17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. Do you want to know what good works you should do? you can go to God's word and get direction and have him speak to you. Hebrews 4.12 tells us that the spirit of God uses the word of God, that it is alive like a, like a two-edged sword and it is active and it is able to give us direction and insight from the heart of God directly to us. And so we should be seeking God in his word and listening. I like what Brian Broderson, pastor of Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa says. He says, Christians cannot live victoriously when disconnected From the Word of God. And so as leaders, we need to continue to hear from God and seek God in His Word and make that a priority in our lives. But we also need to pray and seek God in that way. Um, I would define prayer as talking and listening to God. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says that we can do this all the time. I like what my friend Pastor Bruce Zachary says. He says, through prayer, our hearts are aligned with God's hearts so that we gain spiritual insight. Are we bringing our concerns to God and listening to God? uh, What he wants to say about our life, of the good works that we are called to do. You know, Martin Luther, uh, he said, as it is the business of tailors to make clothes and cobblers to mend shoes, so it is the business for Christians to pray. And we have to be men and women of God's word, but also men and women of prayer. Martin Luther would go on and say, I'm too busy not to pray. We have to line our hearts up With God, that his kingdom would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so when we pray, we're talking and we're listening to God, and we must take time to seek God in these practical steps. Many times uh, we want to rush off, and this is why I'm I'm saying the word in prayer, because we want to rush off and do, right? Leaders are doers. They're people of action. We want to do ministry. But did you know God just wants you to know him? I mean, he loves you so much that he He came to seek and save you. He has a plan for your life. He died for your sins. He actually loves you and wants you to abide and to listen and to obey. And in order to be a good leader in God's church, you first have to be a good follower. So ministry is an overflow of our hearts. We need to listen to Him and discern and listen to His voice over other voices. And the Word of God and prayer are fundamental ways that God speaks to us and helps us to increase our faith and trust in Him. You know, like the Apostle John said in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, many, uh, for many false prophets have gone out before the world. There are many false prophets, there are many lies in this world, and we need to discern these things and filter it through God. Because God does speak in other supernatural ways, but He will never contradict His Word. And so I think it's vital for us to be men and women of God's word and men and women that pray and seek him. And I think for most of us, we understand that, but just simply saying it is important and not only just saying it, but implementing it and doing it. So how, how do you discern your call? Well, go to God's word and go to prayer. And I think many of you know this, but the problem is, is what happens when you go into to God's word and you go to prayer and you don't have a Bible verse. If there's not a specific verse what are some things that can actually help you to discern the calling that god has in your life and so i want to look at four confirmations to help you discern and confirm your calling and like a good preacher they all start with c i know it's a little cheesy i don't do it very much but it just happened to be this way and i think it's incredible and hopefully these four c's will help you discern uh, your calling, and remember these things as you are seeking God to ask him, man, what what are the things you want me to do, God? Well, the first C that I want to bring to your attention to is character. Is your character able to handle a church leadership position? Does it confirm that calling? You know, 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1 give us great and clear standards and requirements of character that a church leader should have. And these are important things to have in place. See, many of us want a whole bunch of great fruit, and we want God to bless in abundance, but the reality is fruit on a weak branch can actually crack. And so God wants to build our lives full of godly character, so that way when the fruit comes, we're able to handle it. We don't have pride rise up and think it's all of ourselves or anything like that. And so questions to ask yourself is, does your character and daily choices testify that you would of you becoming just a godly leader, is that a good thing? Do they testify that you being a church leader is a good thing? You know, I often say daily choices become habits. Habits become character, and character is just who you are. Is who you are a godly person that desires to lead others to follow Jesus? If that's the case, then I would say go for it. First Timothy 3, 1 Timothy 3.1 says this saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of an overseer, he desires a noble task. See, your character can confirm or actually reveal to you if you are ready or not ready to be a church leader. And so look to that confirmation. Ask yourself, what is character telling me? And just because God clearly called you doesn't necessarily mean this is the right timing for you to be in a leadership position because character takes time. So continue to make those daily choices to follow Jesus, that they become your ha- the ha- those habits and routines, so that way it can become character and that can be who you are, so you can have integrity as a church leader. The next C is competency. You look to your character, but you also wanna to look to competency. Do you have the right skills and gifts to do the job? Do they confirm your calling? Now listen, the only skill you have to have a pastor really is teaching. But I would say that's a pretty big skill because if you're not able to teach the Bible and give clear vision, um, you probably shouldn't be a pastor. Same thing if you want to be maybe a worship pastor. You may have that desire, you may have godly character, but do you know how to sing? If you don't know how to sing, maybe you should learn how to you know, take some vocal lessons or, or learn an instrument because we have to understand it does take some competency to be a church leader and whatever gift that we have we should be exercising those gifts to edify the body and to build them up 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 10 through 11 says as each has received a gift use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's variety of grace whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of god whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in every thing God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory and dominion forever and ever, amen." See, gifts sometimes take time to cultivate and to develop. And we don't necessarily have to be the best speaker, the next Anley Stanley or something, to be able to teach the Bible. But whatever gift that God has given us, we need to exercise that to the capacity he's given us to us. And so do we have the gifts and the calling to be a church leader? Talk to others and ask them. If you want to go and plan a church, talk to another church planner and say, hey, what are some skills and competencies that I need to be able to do this right in a godly way, in an important way, so that way I can do it well, exercising the gifts and skills God has given me in developing those things? Now, whatever gift or skill or competency you would have, uh, don't overlook this fact. You should be and have to be filled and surrendered and baptized by the Holy Spirit. You need to have a dependence on God and not your competency or your skill. Like Zechariah 4.6 says, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We are to operate and to exercise those gifts and skill by the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God that God has given us. Like Psalm 127:1 one says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. And so we must go to God to do this work in and through us to be fruitful and just a continual surrender of ourselves, surrendering our lives and the gifts that God's given us and saying, God, we trust we're not doing it in our own strength, but by the power of your strength, fill us, Lord, We don't want to be influenced by these other things, but fill us with your spirit so we're influenced and empowered by you. And so your competency can confirm or reveal to you if you are ready or not ready to be a leader. So look to it. And if you're not ready in this area, like I said, get some training, get mentored by someone, but take those steps to build your competency so that way uh, it can either confirm your calling or tell you, "Mm, I need to work a little bit more on that. Competency is a big one. So you look to your character, you look to your competency. The next thing you want to look to is your community. What do the people in your community say about you? Does it confirm your calling Are the things that you're hearing from God that he wants you to do? See, because we all have blind spots. And so it's good for us to look to people to speak truth into our lives. You know, I'm so grateful for my wife, Laura. God bless wives. They have such a gift in telling their husbands what reality is sometimes. Uh, Because honestly, we don't see it. We're blind. We we lie to ourselves as leaders oftentimes. And so we want to make sure that we're we're getting advice and seeking counsel from other godly people filled with his spirit and that are wise and that know us. Proverbs 1920 says, listen to advice and accept instruction, that you may gain wisdom in the future. Who do you have in your life to seek counsel from? Who, Who do you listen to? Do you listen to other people's advice? Sometimes, honestly, we don't listen to other people's advice because we know what they will tell us. And so we try to ignore it. But we have to look to community to see, hey, is that something that God has called us to? Or is that just our own desire in the flesh? We want to just do these type of things. Proverbs 13, 18 says, Poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. You know, I'm so happy and so blessed to be ordained through the local church that I was serving at for many years. It brought a confidence to that calling that I wasn't a self-appointed pastor, but other people saw the call of God on me to serve His church in this way. And so we must go to our community and listen to them to confirm these things in our lives. And it gives us confidence and it gives us assurance and it helps us, but it also helps others. See, when we're in community, it allows them to operate the gifts God's given them through prophetic word, through discernment, through exhortation, through prophecy. You know, when my wife and I were praying through about leaving uh, Washington State to come to Florida to start a church, we didn't tell anyone. But yet, the Lord gave two different people in our church body words of knowledge about how we were going to go and plant, and we didn't tell a soul yet. And it was so confirming and great that the Spirit of God was telling us other people, his other children, God the Father was telling his other children um, just how he was directing in that calling. And it gave us just so much confidence and it was a beautiful thing. And I like what Paul said in 1 Corinthians. He said, every charge must be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. And so when there are two or three witnesses, it just confirms things. And it's better than just you thinking, am I just making this up? When you see the spirit of God moving in, in many different people's lives and you're coming together and hearing uh, all from the Lord. It's just a beautiful, confirming thing. And so community helps us. The question you have to ask yourself is, is your community confirming your calling, or is it saying you're not ready yet in your calling? Look at it. And listen, if if they say and people say that you aren't ready, listen to them. If you're not ready yet, listen to them, because we need to be above reproach in this aspect of leadership. And if If people aren't willing to encourage us in that or follow us in that, um, we should make sure that we take the time that we need to work on those things that people are advising us or counseling us in. The last thing is circumstances. Now, what doors has God opened and shut for you? What doors has God opened and shut for you? Do they confirm your calling? Revelation 3.8 says, Behold, I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. God works through circumstances of our lives, and we need to be sensitive to these things at times. God understands His plan and His purpose, and He will accomplish that. And He has a plan and a purpose for our lives to expand His kingdom and bring Him glory. And we just have to trust as leaders that we are not always in control, that God is in control. He is sovereign. There are some things that we didn't even choose. We didn't choose our family, we didn't choose our race our citizenship and there's so many other circumstances that we just have to lean on and understand and trust that god guides through circumstances even when those circumstances get complicated or we find ourselves in bad circumstances or situations god can still work in our lives for our good romans eight twenty eight. i love this verse it says and we know that those who love god all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose And so sometimes we need to just ask ourselves, how are my circumstances guiding me in this situation? Are they confirming it or telling me no? You know, when we moved to uh, South Florida, God opened up amazing doors. We were able to sell our house uh, when the market was just terrible, and we made a profit to be able to make the move. Uh, We found a place off the ocean, fully furnished, uh, two-bedroom, $500 a month. It was just unreal, the the doors that God was opening, and it gave us confidence in circumstances. Many times we look back on our circumstances and just say, wow, this had to be God. This is amazing. And listen, God not only opens doors, but he closes them. Remember, God is sovereign. He has a plan, and he closes doors, and those closed doors could even disappoint us, but we have to trust in him. You may say, well, what, what closed doors are you talking about? Listen, if you're new to the faith, the Bible says that would be a closed door for you. You shouldn't be in a position of leadership, leading others. You should be discipled, being mentored, learn and grow in your faith. If your pastor doesn't want to give you that role, a leadership role, or, or be an assistant pastor of that church, that is a closed door. We are to be under authority and to submit to authority. If, if your wife or your spouse disagrees with you being a church leader, that is a closed door. Having a supportive spouse in the ministry is vitally important. And so there are closed doors, there are open doors. Your circumstances can confirm and reveal to you if you should be a church leader or not. So look to them. Look to these C's on top of, and first and foremost, looking to God's word and looking uh, to him in prayer. But many times calling is a long process and and we need confirmations and and sort of like layers to this calling because the the task is hard and we get discouraged at times. And so look to character, look to your character, look to your competency, but also look to your community and say what they, they say about you and look to the circumstances to confirm your calling. You know, as we close today, I just want to remind you this important truth. You are the mission of Jesus. You're his mission. He loves you so much. He loves leaders and he loves people. And sometimes I know it's frustrating to know if you're really called and it takes a long process, but understand that there is a God that loves you and he calls you to this place of dependency because he wants you to build your faith. He wants you to be able to abide in him. To wrestle through this process that there is a purpose and He has a plan. And to just depend on Him, to remain dependent. And oftentimes, many times, God gives us this long process of calling so that we stay dependent upon Him. So that we stay close to Him and have intimacy with Him. You know, I love what John 15, 4 and 5 say. Jesus told us, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself... Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And so I love telling leaders listen, you are the mission of Jesus too. He's called you for his good, for his glory, because he loves you. He's gifted you with skill and you with gifts to edify the body and to lead and to do these things. But if you're in this process of not knowing your calling or setup, and you're just sort of waiting and depending on God, that's okay. Let this moment refine your faith and cause you to seek Jesus even more because God does have a special plan and a purpose for your life. And there is only one of you, so be yourself. Seek God and trust in Him and enjoy this process. As frustrating as it can be, enjoy God. He's the purpose of it all. This is why we serve in the church. It's out of obedience and love for Jesus, because we want to hear Him say, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, one of the things that can discourage us the most is just simply comparing our calling to other people. We see other ministries or other leaders, and we compare ourselves to them. We can either get really encouraged or really discouraged. And Paul tells us, for us as leaders not to do this, that it's not wise to compare. And My friend Brian Saylor up at Calvary Chapel in Melbourne runs a great ministry, The Harbor, uh, and he wants to talk to us about that in his One Piece of Advice video to us, to just encourage us to fulfill the calling that God has given us to be faithful to that. You're listening to One Piece of Advice, brought to you by eeleaders.com a ministry to encourage and equip church leaders.
1: What's going on? My name is Brian. I serve at Calvary Chapel of Melbourne in Melbourne, Florida. And Daniel asked me to give one piece of advice. So this is it. Um, I um, have been thinking a lot recently about the idea of comparison and how it's super easy to compare each other and compare what's going on in our lives to the lives of other people. And this is uh, probably easier than ever because of social media. Like no matter what, when you get online, like 20 people are doing something way cooler than you're doing. So it can be super easy to um, be in a place where you're um, just uh, embarrassed or you feel shame about what's going on in your life. In addition to that, I think that for church leaders, it is, again, easier than ever. There's always going to be someone who has a better church, a cooler idea, a bigger audience than you do. And so this constant sort of uh, film in our head can be in this place of us comparing ourselves to other people. And I know it's something I personally have struggled with a lot, and it's something that I have battled with a lot and still do battle with. But one thing that I would give everyone as a piece of advice is to actively eliminate comparison from your life when it springs up and to be vigilant about that. Jesus said that if your right hand causes you to stumble, then cut it off. And he said, like, take vigilance and be active about getting rid of the things in your life that are holding you back. And I really believe that for us, with comparison, we have to be active with this stuff so, I mean, there's been times in my life where just Instagram has given me anxiety and I've had to delete the app, and I've had to delete the app for like six months at a time because I just had to get rid of everything that was holding me back. Um, there's been times when I've looked around my church and experienced jealousy about the gifting of someone else, and instead of letting that jealousy affect me, actually saying I want to give someone an opportunity to do ministry Uh, who I'm feeling jealous about and looking for an opportunity to empower them and to elevate them so that I'm A, getting rid of the work of the enemy in my life and B, glorifying God by letting them do something that God has called them to do. So let me just encourage you, God has called you, God loves you, and if you're in ministry, then God has an amazing plan for your life. So just be humble, Be ready to receive that plan and be ready to look around and give other people the opportunity to do ministry as well. And uh, I love you and I hope you have an amazing day. God bless.
0: One of the quotes that I used during this lesson was by a guy named David Kraft in his book called Leaders Who Last. I read this many years ago and it had a great influence in my life and it truly blessed me. And this is the recommended book that I want to suggest to you reading this month. You know, you can go to eeleaders.com in the blog section and get a whole bunch of quotes that stood out to me. And I'd love for you to comment and let me know what quotes stood out to you if you decide to read it and just enjoy this resource. Here's a couple of quotes just to whet your appetite. He says, one of the worst mistakes you can make as a leader is putting your life on cruise control. Another quote, he says, is one reason so many church leaders fail is that their motivation for stepping into responsibility does not have its source in God, but self. Man, that's a good warning. Another one, he says, is make it your priority and goal to pour your life into future leaders. And that's just a great truth that I want to live by and want this podcast to be. And so next time, I'm going to be interviewing a friend of mine named Trip Kimball. Uh, we're going to discuss about the aspects and practicality of pouring into other leaders. Uh, Trip Kimball has a lot of ministry experience, he's planted a church, he's pastored a few churches, been on the mission field in the Philippines, has written books, has been a director of a Bible college, Uh, he's now serving in a ministry where uh, pastors that are serving other pastors, and he continues to invest in the church. Uh, by his blog. It's word slash strong dot com where he writes weekly just uh, deposits wisdom of investment into other godly people. And so I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation together that we have discussing investing in other leaders. And so I pray that this lesson really helped you to discern your calling to give you some practical tools and questions to ask if you're deciding to become a church leader or just trying to hear and discern the calling of God on your life. Hey, we want you to be encouraged and equipped to do the work that god has called you to do to impact his kingdom and for his glory until next time be blessed thank you so much for listening to this leadership lessons podcast you can watch all the episodes and get all the show notes at eeleaders.com if this podcast was a blessing to you i would love for you to share it with your friends on social media you can find us on social media at eeleaders you can also help us spread the word by simply writing a review on iTunes or Google Play. My hope for you with this podcast is that we would encourage you and equip you to continue to serve Jesus. Because remember, there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do.